This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. Welcome, everyone, to Messianic Vision. Our guest has been in ministry full-time for over 25 years, and we're going to talk to him today about one of our favorite and Sid's favorite topics, the glory of God. Now, he's going to answer some very, very important questions today, like, is it really possible to live constantly in the supernatural realm of God's glory here on earth? And if yes, then how can this become a reality in our lives, in my life, in your life? He's going to lay a solid biblical and spiritual foundation explaining how you can tap into God's limitless possibilities and demonstrate his supernatural reality to this world. Whew, <laughs> that's going to be good. So all the way from Germany, our guest today is George Carl. Hi, George. Hi, Donna. <laughs> welcome, welcome. <laughs> George, I, I want to just jump right in here and start from the beginning. How did you come to know the Lord? Well, actually, I grew up in a Lutheran family, and uh, but during my youth time, we didn't really go to church. So I really was pretty much turned off of God at an early age, and I was not even thinking about God. But when I was about 18 years old, I really got deeply depressed, and I was searching for answers. And at first, I tried to find them in, in some kind of uh, philosophy or psychology, and then even some New Age teaching. Yes. But it get, got worse and worse in my life, so uh, I didn't know what to do. And one night, I remember, I had a dream, and in this dream, I called out to God, and I said, God, where are you? And... I woke up from the dream, and I was really amazed because I hadn't thought about God at all. And so mm. I thought, what, what's about that dream there? And uh, so a, a few weeks later, when I was laying down in my bed, and I really felt horrible, and I, I honestly, I felt like ending my life maybe. Uh, but uh, at that time, I remembered about this God, and I remember that my mother had told me when I was a very small child, she had told me about a God that you can call Father. And when I was thinking about that father, there was such a, a warm presence coming from that father. And I thought, well, if there is any power or any thought or anybody in the whole universe that could still help me, it must be this God. So I just cried out and said, Father, if you are real, then come into my life and, and change something in, in my life. And, well, what happened really was it, I didn't see an angel or anything. It was a supernatural uh, experience, but it was peace that filled my heart. And the next morning I woke up and I knew I had to give the rest of my life to getting to know this God that one can call Father. So you experienced the peace of God at that moment, but you hadn't really invited him in, I guess, to, to, to be your Lord and Savior. But you did experience his peace, and now it kind of set you on a journey. So uh, a couple of years later, you actually, through some friends, uh, met him personally. How, how did that work? Yes, actually, only two years later, I got to know real Christians who were born again. And so they told me about 
born again experience and ex immediately I, I took a hold of it because I, I was absolutely desperate for God. So yes. Immediately I took hold of it and I got born again. That day. Yes. Now I know you, you're a searcher, you're a seeker, you were searching a lot of things and you're actually studying theology at a university. Uh, so, so one day you're studying and, and there's a guest speaker that comes in. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was a funny story because uh, I studied theology, but uh, during these studies we had some strange kind of professors. One of them was an atheist, actually, but uh, he got to know about a guy who came to town who was from Malaysia, and he was a true believer in Jesus, and he had a tent revival in town. So this atheist professor thought, well, maybe I should show uh, to my students uh, once and for all <laughs> a really true believer in Jesus so that they know what that looks like. So he invited that guy into the lecture hall, and uh, what was announced as a lecture really turned out as a sermon on miracles and the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And at the end of that lecture, I thought in my heart, well, uh, it's interesting what all those professors are talking about, but what this guy has, that's what I want. So mm -hmm. I went to his tent that very evening, and uh, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, really experienced uh, God in a whole new level at that time. <laughs> and, and you actually, I, I know the supernatural is nothing new for you, but it began early. Once you were spirit-filled, you had one of the most incredible encounters I've ever heard. Yeah, that's, that's true. It was a few months after that tent revival. I was in my student dormitory in Tübingen where I studied theology, and I was just laying down on my couch and pondering on the Lord, meditating and praying. And uh, suddenly I was, I was sensing that I was pulled up like by my hair into the air. And I was uh, looking over my left shoulder and I saw the, the ground about three feet under me and also the couch under me. And the only thing I knew was that my heels were still touching the couch, but I was like, diagonally suspended in the air over the couch. And I was thinking to myself, oh, what's that all about? And the same moment I was thinking that, it was like liquid love being poured out into my body from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. It was like three surges of liquid love that were really poured out and surged through uh, to my whole body. And after that was finished, very, very slowly, my body was being put back to the couch, and then I was laying there on the couch again, and I was thinking, oh, what has happened to me? <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> it, was really, it was really the most amazing thing, because I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't in a trance or anything. It was a real, a real thing that really happened. So I had no grit for that at that time, really. Yes, not many of us would. Well, I, you have written a book called Journey into Glory, George. And, you know, I really like the, the fact that, that you share your journey into glory, but you also have sections in the book where you talk about the reader's journey into glory and just, just several aspects of glory that, that you talk about. Well, in the beginning of the book, you have a very, very favorite scripture when you're talking about this glory. It's in Habakkuk. What is that scripture? Well, in Habakkuk 2, verse 14, it says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And I believe that's really a very powerful prophecy that has to be fulfilled before Jesus will return to the earth. And uh, it goes together with Isaiah chapter 6, where it says, the whole earth is filled with the glory of God. 
But here it says, the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So there is a difference. The, the glory covers the whole earth, but the knowledge of the glory of God still has to be revealed at another level to the, to, to the population of the world. Oh, that's good. I did not, you know, even in studying this until you just said that, the difference there, I, I did not, that didn't sink into me. So that is, that is so, so good. And that, believe me, everybody that's listening, this entire book is filled with, the, with things like this. So we loved it a lot. Um, talk to us about how we actually recognize the, the glory of God. Well, the most important thing to be said about recognizing the glory at first is you can't recognize it with your natural man. You can't mm. recognize it with your intellectual mind. You can't recognize it with your natural senses. You have to recognize it from spirit to spirit. It's Psalms 42, verse 7, where it says, deep calls to deep. So spirit calls to spirit. When a hungry person is really desperate in, in their spirit, uh, gets an encounter with the glory of God, they immediately realize that's really the answer to my hunger. That's the answer to the deep yearning of my, my innermost being. So that's how you really recognize the glory is manifesting, that a hungry heart is really getting renewed and refreshed in that realm of the presence of God. And of course, there are there are physical signs also of the glory that you can that you can that you can see and relate to, like uh, signs and wonders, of course. And, yes. And uh, of course, the transformation of of the hearts and the transformation of of people's lives that that can be measured also to to, to some degree. But as a matter of fact, that the realm of glory is a spiritual substance, and all those things like signs and wonders or or healings and, and things like that, they can also happen through just through mere faith or through the gift mm -hmm. of healing and it's not absolutely necessary for the glory to be present to them for them to happen but once the glory really comes in the whole spirit of a, of, of, a, of a hungry person really starts to leap inside and something really happens and you recognize, well, that's another dimension now. Yes, you, yes. Actually, you get ruined for anything else once you're <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you about that because you say that, you know, that once you have experienced his glory, it pretty much ruins you for anything else. That's right. <laughs> True. How important is it, George, for us to be very, very intentional about seeking this? Yes. I Actually, I believe the, the glory of God is, is the most powerful thing a man can experience and live in on this earth. But at the same time, it's the most contended also. The, the, of course, the devil doesn't want you to move in that realm, so he tries to distract you all the time. So what is, what is really important is you, you, want, you have to once and for all uh, make a decision, I am going to live in and out of that glory realm for the rest of my life, and I am going to draw near to that to that face of God, to the glory of God. And I'm, uh, yes, and I recognize that I'm ruined for everything, anything else. So I won't, I, won't, uh, I won't trade the glory for anything else that life could offer me. So you really have to make that firm decision. Yes, yes. I want to talk about a couple more things before um, we go on. And that is the original environment of the glory. You said that was the Garden of Eden. That was the, the first and the original environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, what I believe is that in the Garden of Eden, 
uh, man was not only breathing in the natural air, I mean that, that mixture of oxygen and nitrogen, but ma mankind was breathing in the glory of God all the time. The, the, the air was filled not only with natural air, but with the presence of God. It was this habitat in which a man couldn't, couldn't age and couldn't become sick and couldn't become feeble or, or no decay was possible or death in this realm of the glory. So that was the original habitat of man. And actually, I believe only in this habitat, mankind really can become what it's destined to be. And uh, only in this unbroken relationship with the glory of God, uh, we can really uh, thrive into that, what, what the Lord has called us to do. Yes, yes. And, and we know that, that that was lost. You know, people know that that, that was lost. But um, I love, love your teaching about the full gospel includes the recovery. If it was lost, it needs to be recovered. But the full gospel includes the recovery of that habitat of glory. Yes, exactly. I think that's very important to, to notice. The, what I call the full gospel does not only include the forgiveness of sins, which, of course, is very, very important. It also does not only include the healing of sicknesses or the deliverance of bondages, but it also includes really the recovery of the habitat of glory for mankind. As Jesus, he left the glory which he had by, uh, with the Father from, from eternity on. He left that glory and he came to the earth in order for us uh, to regain access to that very glory through his redemptive work on the cross of Calvary, of course. So I believe really we have to realize that uh, the cross of Calvary has accomplished so much for us. Actually, it has accomplished the, a whole new realm. It has accomplished the, the realm of the glory for us again to live in and to live out from. So it's John 17, verse 22, where it says, where, or where Jesus says, the, the same glory that you have given me, Father, I have given to them, so that they may be where I am. I want them to be where, you, where, where I am. So uh, he is in the glory now, and through him we can come back into that original habitat of mankind. As I sometimes put it, I say, uh, Jesus the, the Son of God, he became a son of man outside of the glory realm so that we as sons of man could become sons of God within the glory realm. So oh. the gospel, that's what's happened there. <laughs> Does that just really get you excited when you talk about that? Oh, yes. It, it excites me every time. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. Well, for the listeners out there, you've been listening to George Carl, and today we're making available to you George's book, Journey into Glory, and his brand new and exclusive audio teaching series called The Ultimate Hour of the Sons of Glory. Now, believe me, this is a powerful teaching that will impact your life forever. So don't miss it. So George, I, I have to ask you, when is a good time for us to start living in this glory realm? Like like next week or maybe when we're older? When is a good time? Well actually now. It's now it's the now is the time. Now is really the time for, for every believer to, to, to rise up in, in that realm of glory and to really be revealed as that son of glory that we are all destined to be. It's now. It's not, not tomorrow, not the day after tomorrow. I, actually, I myself, I have postponed that decision, that final decision for a few years, and I have really regretted that because once I really made that decision, I am going to live in the glory no matter what. 
that was really the best decision after the decision for, for Jesus Christ and after the decision for my wife. This was really the, the second best decision in my life. George, you, you talk about identifying with the glorified Jesus and reigning in the spirit with him. What, what are you talking about there? Explain that to us. Well, actually, what normally um, in the body of Christ is very common is that we say, well, we have to identify with Jesus as we see him in the Bible, as we see him in the Gospels. And I also believe that there is an important truth to that, and it's, it's really important to do that. But at the same time, when I read First John chapter 4, verse 17, it says there, that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So uh, let me ask you this question. Uh, how is Jesus now? Uh, is he like the Jesus that, that went, uh, went through the shores of Galilee? Or is he more like the Jesus in Revelation chapter 1, verse 12, the, the resurrected, glorified Jesus? I believe the latter is, is true. So I think it's also important that we learn to identify with the glorified, the ascended, the elevated, the heavenly Jesus, uh, as the Bible says, so as, as he is, so are we in this world. And I believe there really is also the key to the greater works that Jesus is talking about in John chapter 14, verse 12, where he says that Satan works that I do shall you do also, but you shall even do greater works. And so we really have to look to what Jesus is doing now, because as he was saying, the works that I do, he was on the earth, but now he's in heaven. So we really have to look to Jesus. What is Jesus doing now in the glory? And then bring what we see him doing in the glory down here to the earth. Oh, that is so good. And and it's one of the lines that I loved so much when you were talking about that is uh, a life and ministry that we have now flows from the elevated, heavenly, glorified Jesus as he is now. Oh, I love that. That to me, George, I have to say was revelation. Hallelujah. Yeah, that, that was revelation. And talking about identifying with him as he is now, I know living in that glory, there is a presence that comes with that. And we have to have an inner consciousness is what you have taught us here, uh, that the glorified Christ lives in us. Tell, tell me about one time you were, you were just out doing something and every day something that people do and someone was healed. Yes. Yes, I believe that's really what's going to happen to, to many of us. Even every believer who really takes a hold of that really can experience the glory of, of God on a daily basis, even even at times when you are not really conscious of what's really happening. As You know, if you, you really get aware of Christ living in you, His glory living in you, He's living in you all the time, even if you are concentrated or focused on something else in your everyday life. Like I, one day I was... I was trimming a tree in, in our garden uh, just on the opposite of the street, and I was trimming that tree standing on a ladder, and I was not thinking about anything else but on trimming this tree, and suddenly I heard a voice behind me crying out, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. And I, and I, and I turned around, and there was a woman hopping around on the street, uh, and she, she had been healed just by coming into the of God's glory. She had just drawn near to me uh, without me even noticing it. And she got healed from back pain and uh, yeah, back problems. And she got healed from that immediately just by entering into that presence of God. Yes. Now, is, is that something similar to like, uh, like 
when Jesus was doing his miracles here and uh, and then some of the disciples and people, because of the presence and the glory that was on them, sometimes even people would come into their shadow and things would happen without them even ministering to them. Exactly. I believe uh, the shadow really uh, symbolizes that radiation of God's glory that comes out of each and every believer who has really become aware of who he is in Christ and who has really become aware of the glory residing in them. As Paul says, we are temples of God's glory. So if we are really a temple of God's glory, the glory is leaking from us wherever we go. And it's, so our shadow heals the sick. I've experienced it also quite a few times. Uh, but also, even if there is no shadow in the physical, it's just the radiation that comes out of us that's healing the sick and that's doing the miracles. That's why Jesus is saying those signs will follow those who believe. Yes. They just follow because of the glory. Like the lady that was near you when you were trimming the tree, your your shadow wasn't necessarily on the ground, but yet she came in to that presence around you. Wow. Talk to us a little bit about the glory and the harvest. How does that connect? The glory of God is not just a good experience for us as believers so that we can be self-satisfied in some way, but actually the glory is being poured out by, by God in order to bring in the harvest of souls that God has promised for these end times. And on the other hand, I also believe that this end-time harvest that has been promised for such a long time, this one billion soul harvest, as some people say, Mm -hmm. will only come in through believers that have learned to live in and out of this supernatural realm of God's glory, because it will only be done by the supernatural workings of God that flow out of His glory. So out of the glory, the harvest will be brought in. So it's not just the glory is not just for us personally. Exactly. It's, it's not, it, the glory is not just for us personally. It's for the whole world. It's for the people around us. It's for, for, every, for, it's for the unbelievers that need to, need to get an encounter with the glory. They need, to, uh, they need to get to the knowledge of the glory of God so that at the end they don't have an excuse that they can say, well, I've never experienced anything from the glory of God. But no, I believe at the end nobody will have an excuse because everybody will have been confronted with the glory of God in one way or another, whether they all make their decision for Christ, that's on another page, but they all will have had the the possibility to make that decision at least. Yes. Give me an example of something that actually happened to you uh, that is connected to this, the glory and the harvest. Well, for example, when we we go out in the streets of Germany, we, we experience a lot of supernatural miracles that are happening because we we really we go in the awareness of moving in and out of the glory of God. So we call these these outreaches, we call them miracle explosions, actually. Yes. When we go in the streets and we hit the, hit the streets, we see creative miracles happening of all kinds. We see healings, we see signs and wonders. And uh, so that's a that's a consequence of the of the miracle uh, glory that's really exploding through us when we when we go into the harvest. And actually, what I found out, some of the greatest miracles really happen out there, not even in the church, but out there when we really turn our focus on the harvest. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and you were telling us about a a trip that you took some of your ministry team to Uganda a couple of years ago. Yes, yes, actually. That was in 2015, beginning of 2015, and we went with a five-member team of our ministry, Glory Harvest International. And uh, it, during that trip, we really experienced uh, a, a, how a whole region changed, even in the 
physical atmosphere because when we came, the region had experienced a heavy drought for five weeks, which was very unusual for them because uh, it's a very fruitful area uh, normally uh, in the middle of Africa, and people are really depending on, on the fruit uh, that comes from the land. So it was also a threatening situation for them. And we came in there, and the first day we had some miracles and some healings happening. And then on the second day, uh, during a pastor's meeting, really the glory of God crushed on us, crushed into the room and really changed the whole atmosphere in the room. And when we went to the crusade grounds uh, that, that very afternoon, it started pouring down buckets of rain. And the people were so rejoicing because they, they took it as a sign of the glory of God that it had really changed the climate. And from that day on, it started raining again. So that was really a visible sign for them. And, and uh, from also from that day on, the, the miracles went to a whole other level and people got healed, got delivered, got saved. In the following weeks, even when we had left, uh, the whole region was still uh, being shaken as people came to the Lord. Revival started breaking out. Gang members were coming to the Lord that had been a threat to the region before. The, the church grew. Uh, the church we were in really grew tremendously and all of that. So that the whole the whole atmosphere really had been changed by the glory yes. as we were re- reaching out to bring in the harvest. So the atmosphere was changed not only in the natural with the rain and people needing it so desperately, but also in the supernatural where people were, were seeing this as a sign from God and it opened their hearts for miracles and salvations and deliverances. Ooh, that is that is so, so good. Well, let me remind you, everybody, that uh, Sid and I want to encourage you to get George Carl's book, Journey into Glory, and his brand new and exclusive audio teaching series called The Ultimate Hour of the Sons of Glory. You know what, George, when I hear that name, it just it just gets me excited when I hear the name, The Ultimate Hour of the Sons of Glory. Now, this is a teaching that you're going to want to share with your family, your friends, and your church. So, so get ready for Sid at the end of the program because he's going to tell you exactly how you can get it. Okay, George, I, I have to ask you, do you have a lot of people that say, well, how, how do I get into the glory? What can I do? How, how do I manage to get to it or get into it? Yes, actually, I've got quite a few people asking me that question. And what I usually answer them uh, really astonishes them at first, because I usually say to them, actually, I myself, I have not managed to get into this supernatural dimension of the glory. I rather have fallen into that glory. Yes. What I mean, (laughs) yeah, and what I mean by that really is you can't do anything specific to, to move yourself into the glory. It's all... Uh, by grace and through faith. So rather, you let yourself fall into the glory by faith in trust that Jesus has really accomplished everything that is necessary on the cross of Calvary. He has opened up the habitat of God's glory for you again. And all you need to do is just fall into it by faith and just relax and just, yeah, and just believe and just uh, just see what the Lord is doing. You know, when I was reading about that, I thought, oh, man, it's not it, it's not three steps to do this or anything like that. We can't can't work ourselves into it. You, when, when I was reading about how you were describing it, falling into it, I actually did this. I don't know if you recommend this or not, but I closed my eyes and I just pictured, you know, I, I was just kind of meditating on the glory for a little while. And I just, with my eyes closed, I pictured just kind of leaning back and falling into it as you describe it in your book. And uh, wow, it was quite a good experience. And I thought, how easy 
once we understand that, how easy that it's not something we have to work for or accomplish all these things before we get there. So I really, really liked that. Now, George, you tell me that I'm my father's favorite. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Every believer really needs to know that he is his father's favorite. Just as Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 23, he said, Father, I want that the whole world knows that you have loved them just as you loved me. So every Christian would agree that Jesus really is the father's favorite. Right? So uh, if, if that's the case, then also we are the Father's favorites. And actually, between the Father's favorites, there is no competition anymore. Yes. We are all the favorites. So if, just if anybody else doesn't believe that he is the Father's favorite, I, I still believe I am the Father's favorite. Yes. So I'm good all the time. I love that. And you know what? Knowing that and realizing that and letting that become a reality in me, I think it's maybe a little bit easier for us to actually let go and fall into glory as you teach. Woo. Exactly. <laughs> That's really very much the case. It goes very much together. Yeah. Yeah, that that is so good. I, I know there was a there was a time where you and, and your ministry, you were really intensely seeking and reaching out to God and and there was a time that that you describe as an outpouring of miracles. It was it was like coming into a completely new realm of glory. Yes, that was in 2010. Actually, we had been, as we had been, by the way, over the years, very, very often, we had been reaching out for God, uh, and we had been, we'd, we'd really been uh, hungry for God for several months on a, on a very, very intense level. And then in July 2010, just, it really was like suddenly a whole new realm of the glory of God really opened up to us with a whole new level of miracles suddenly happening, creative miracles happening, like like a woman's finger that had only been half developed since her child just grew in, an, in a second and just became completely full and, and normal. And, and other creative miracles that suddenly started to happen on a, on a very, a very frequent level. And also the, you, could, you could sense this glory that was starting to linger on us and has, and has uh, continued to linger on our ministry ever since. Even I would even say it has increased since then. But actually, I believe in 2010 we were finally ready to really stay focused on that realm and to really uh, keep that realm that the Lord had opened to us back then. So yes, really, since then, we are really walking in that. Yes, and, and you even had, uh, uh, there was one woman, I know she came to you in a wheelchair, and she was healed, but it didn't just stop there with her getting out of the wheelchair and being able to walk. Yeah, actually, that was in 2017. So that's a, a little bit, uh, a little was well, a little bit later. Uh, it's a lady who had MS, and she was in in the wheelchair, and she came to one of our Glory and Miracle services, and uh, I just asked her whether she would, was ready to to do a step of faith with me out of the wheelchair and tried to walk. She hadn't stood up, even stood up. She had even stood up for over a year, I believe it was. And, uh, and But she tried to do it with me, and the Lord really completely healed her from that MS and put her out of the wheelchair. And in the following weeks, she received another, I believe it was another five creative miracles that happened to her, like uh, six gallstones that disappeared in her body. Was, uh, each was the size of a one-cent piece, and it disappe- they disappeared in the body. The doctors proved it. And... Uh, uh, also, the a lung tumor that she had disappeared. 
she had also had twisted legs that that were completely uh, completely rearranged by God. Uh, her eyes were nearly blind because of the the MS disease that had that had damaged her yes. uh, her her nerve there, and uh, God healed her of that. And also diabetes, that was the other thing she had, and God healed her of that too. But the really flabbergasting thing about the whole thing also was that she immediately started to pray for others that had the same kind of diseases as her, as she had, and uh, and they also got healed. Like her neighbor, she had also MS and was sitting in the wheelchair, and she prayed for her, and the lady got up out of her wheelchair too. And wow. Her, her, yes, and then her physiotherapist, uh, who had a cleft palate in 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 her in her mouth since birth, and uh, as she saw what kind of miracles had happened to this lady, she asked her and said, "Could you also pray for me? I need that to be closed up. It's it's since birth there. This cleft palate is since birth there." And uh, she prayed for her, and then she went back to the doctor, and it had completely closed up and completely healed. So she really started. Uh, doing creative miracles on her own after she got healed herself. Oh, my goodness. You know, I watched a video of this lady when, when you were having her give her testimony, and I, and I saw that, and she was just exuberant. I mean, so full of joy and, and just praise, and she was talking about this and then this and then this and then this, and we're like, wow, that is something. But the fact that she didn't just keep that for herself. Who? How powerful is that? Yes, I always call her a walking miracle. Yes, and she she is distributing miracles all over where she goes. <laughs> <laughs> now, in in this era of glory that you all are in now, and that you believe that as we become more conscious and aware of this and gain knowledge on this, is that what we should do? We experience these things, and we shouldn't just keep them for ourselves, right? Exactly. And I really believe it's for every believer really to, 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 to walk in this, this miracle power and really to just release them also to the unbelievers. Just have no fear of just trying. Even if you, if you are shy or you're unsure what's going to happen, just try and do it. We have really seen the most amazing miracles happening through the ordinary believer in the streets, on the workplaces, in the families. That's just where the, the major miracles really happen as people really step out in faith and do what the Lord has commanded us to do. Yes, yes, yes. And and I know we talked about this just a little bit earlier about about this being the time. Now is our time. And you, you actually warn people about living in the yesterday and what and what that does to us. Yes, I believe it's really important that as believers we we always get updated afresh with what the Lord is doing in His glory. That's why He says, "What as He is, so are we in this world." So, as we talked uh, talked earlier, we have to see what is God doing now in the now, and we have to get a hold of that. And that's going to to release always new dimensions of the glory of God in in and through our lives, because the the Lord is doing new things every day. He's not in the yesterday. He's not in not in yesterday's frustrations anyway, but also we, we don't have to, to, we shouldn't cling to yesterday's miracles even that we have, that we have received or experienced, but we, we should really expect new miracles, new, new, uh, new dimensions every single day because this is the day of salvation. Yes. The day that the Lord has made. Yes, and you know what? I, I love this line. I've got this in my notes. When, when you say that when believers get up to date, 
with this glory move of God that's happening now. It's happening today on this planet. <laughs> Your next line was, was great. Is it, the devil will be faced with a real problem. <laughs> right. That's right. The devil has no problem with what, what, uh, what Christians uh, bring towards him from yesterday's uh, substance. Right. But he, he really gets a problem when, when, we, when we confront him what, with what the Lord is doing now with the fresh substance of the glory. Then he really gets a problem. Yes, yes. Woo. <laughs> That's really, really powerful. I want to talk to you about something that, that I had not heard described this way before. You talk about rooms of, of miracles. Yes, yes. Exactly. That's out of John 14, verse 2 to 5, where Jesus is talking about uh, his father's house. And he says, in, in my father's house, there are many mansions or many rooms, uh, depending on how you translate it. So uh, I believe Jesus really is talking about the realm of heaven here. And he's talking about that very realm that he has uh, 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 opened up for us just later on through his redemptive work on the cross. He's talking about the glory and through the Holy Spirit, we are being placed into that glory realm. We are, we are being seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. So we really get access to all those rooms that Jesus is talking about. There are many rooms in the realm of glory. You could also say there are many different dimensions mm -hmm. in, the, in the realm of glory. And in each room or each dimension, there are, there are different uh, there are different kind of powers or possibilities that really happen once you have visited that room. Like, for example, there are rooms of different kinds of miracles, rooms of creative miracles. The room of creative miracles, I believe, is a different realm than the room of, let's say, ordinary healing miracles, for example. Mm -hmm. There are other rooms like rooms of intercession, rooms of intimacy with God, rooms of revelation, rooms of joy also, because uh, in his presence there is fullness of joy. So there are, there are different dimensions, rooms of wisdom, rooms of worship. There are different dimensions, different rooms in the glory. And by faith, we really can move into all those different rooms. And actually, it's limitless. <laughs> there is an infinite number of rooms in heaven. So this journey never ends, really, on this earth. And, but even in all eternity, it never ends. <laughs> we, we always get to know new things in the glory of God. Yes, yes. And once again, that's why I love the, the title of your book and, and the content of your book, Journey into Glory. You know, you experienced what you called a new level of glory. Now, I know that, that even in your ministry, and, and not a lot of people can say this, not a lot of ministers, churches, uh, people can say this, that they'd actually experienced resurrection from the dead through their ministry. And you actually had two people that were raised from the dead through your ministry. But then in September of 2018, something new started, a new level of glory. Yes, exactly. I believe actually we moved into the room of resurrection glory in, in, in at that time in September 2018. It's just another room, like the room of creative miracles, like the room of financial miracles. It's just another room in the glory. And it, it happened through the Lord telling me that I was supposed to study and meditate specifically on raising the dead in uh, end of August and beginning of September 2018. I was Actually, I was on a holiday with my wife in France, and I was starting to study on this. Uh, when we were getting prepared to return to Germany, I got a phone call from my church staff, and she told me that one of our ushers had just died at the age of 70 from a heart attack. So I immediately called his wife, 
and ask her what she wanted us to do. And she, she told us, well, pray for his resurrection on Sunday morning in church. So, so we came back from France, and immediately Sunday morning I stepped up and, and I said, church, we are going to pray for the resurrection of this, this usher this morning. And we all went into agreement and prayed for the resurrection power to be released in the glory. And what we didn't know at the same time, a sister from our church, she was in Tunisia in northern Africa on a holiday, and she had gotten to know a, a Muslim guy uh, who, uh, who actually had heart problems, and he actually died just that very Sunday morning. And uh, she learned about that, and she started, without her knowing that we were praying for resurrection at the same time in the service, around 11 or 12 o'clock in the morning, uh, she started praying for this guy to be resurrected from the dead because she, he had died of that heart attack, and he immediately came back to life and told her that now he, he was ready to give his life to Jesus, because as he was a Muslim before, but yes. he knew that he had been resurrected by Jesus Christ. So that really was a great testament to us that we heard the next day uh, when we found out that the usher from our church actually hadn't been raised from the dead, but this young guy, this young Muslim guy in Tunisia, he had being resurrected from the dead at the same time when we were praying at the church. So I immediately knew, okay, we have really entered into that realm of the resurrection glory. You have to really learn to discern when, also as a ministry or as a person, you really start moving into a new dimension, and then you really grab a hold of it and say, okay, so now we run with that. Well, I know something that is for everyone, for every single person, uh, and and. George, you are always so careful to say to people, you know, this is not this is not just me. It's not just for me. Uh, people that are are gaining this knowledge about the glory of of God and His presence covering the earth, it's for all of us. I just wanted you to talk to the folks that are listening and just maybe maybe reassure them. God didn't just pick you out. And, and say, okay, you're, you're a special minister. I'm going to give you uh, my presence to rest on you. But you, you're you very careful to give the glory to God and to tell people, it's, it's not just me. Yes, absolutely. Actually, I really would, would like to encourage all of our listeners right now to really do what you did when you, when you read about falling into the glory, really to lean back right now and uh, close your eyes, and, and I really would love to release that experience of falling into the glory onto each and every one that is listening right now, because that's really the key for, for walking also in that realm and for releasing the miracles afterwards. So just, just, just start leaning into, into that glory. Just start falling into that glory right now as I pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I I thank you that your glory is really covering the whole earth. But at the same time, I release right now the knowledge of the glory of God to all of our listeners, yes. all of our audience, all over the world. I release the knowledge of the glory of God as we lean into the reality of what Christ Jesus has accomplished on the cross of Calvary as we fall into that glory. And I command our souls to become aware of this glory realm that's all around us right now. And I also, I, I command our souls to really let themselves fall into, fall into that glory yes. right now in Jesus' name. And it's really, really expanding all over the place right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I wanted to, before we go, before we leave everyone, I wanted to, to have you tell us about a prophecy that now this is very fresh. This is just just a few weeks ago about what's coming. Yes, actually it was uh, in, in May when I was in a hotel in Florida in the U.S. and I, I suddenly went into a vision and I saw a huge fresh wave of revival coming to the United States of America. And uh, I realized when I, when I watched this happening in the vision, I realized that this new wave, and I hadn't thought about this in any way before, but in the vision I suddenly realized that this new wave from God, it would actually come with the purity and the cleansing fire of the Pensacola revival that has already hit the States in the 90s, and then combine it with the miracles of the Lakeland Revival of 2008, and also with the freedom of the spirit of the Toronto Revival in 1994. So it will be a combination, as I saw it, it will be a combination of those past three revivals, but at the same time it also will be, of course, an unprecedented new move. And, and what I also saw was it will help mobilize and it will help reveal the sons of the glory in the nation of the U.S., but also in the nations of the world, and thus it will help bring in the final great harvest. Hallelujah. So that's what I saw, and I believe that's coming to the United States of America. So get ready for it. Get ready for it, people, because it's coming. Yes, yes. Well, that is a great word to end on. Uh, George, thank you so much for being with us today, all the way on the phone from Germany. (laughs) Thank you very much. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this very powerful and brand new resource package from George Carl. It's his book, Journey into Glory, and his brand new and exclusive audio teaching series. Now, you can't get this anywhere else except from right here, The Ultimate Hour of the Sons of Glory. Sid? You may ask, is it really possible to live constantly, consistently in the supernatural realm of God's glory here on earth? And if so, how can this become a reality in my life? George Carl teaches you how to tap into God's limitless possibilities and demonstrate his supernatural reality to this world. I know you're more than ready. I am. You can get George's book, Journey into Glory, and his brand new and exclusive audio teaching series, The Ultimate Hour of the Sons of Glory, for an investment of only 39 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9669. Once again, that's offer number 9669.